And it's time for a new episode of the Steven Universe podcast. And today we're lucky enough to have creator Rebecca Sugar and co-executive producers Kat Morris and Joe Johnston here to talk with us about Steven Universe crossovers and collaborations. We're going to talk about the Uncle Grandpa crossover, working with Takafumi Hori on the Mindful Education episode, and what it was like developing Save the Light, the video game from Grumpy Face Studios. So let me welcome Rebecca, Kat, and Joe. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Hi, good. Hello. Awesome. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, just Steven Universe's place within Cartoon Network. It's obviously, you know, pretty unique, uh, but... How does it feel to be part of, like, Cartoon Network's sort of legacy of all these different shows? It's pretty unreal as someone who grew up watching Cartoon Network shows. I think I can't quite get my head around the idea that this could be that for a younger generation, like the way that, for me, growing up on Dexter's Lab and Courage and Powerpuff Girls, I try to think about it. I try to understand (laughs) it. (laughs) I see it in the eyes of the children who come and meet me that it has that weight that those had for me. What do you guys think? It's weird. Yeah. I, 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 even thinking about it in that context of, of Dexter and Powerpuff and Samurai Jack and all of those ones from like the late nineties. I can't imagine having the same weight as those. Yeah. It's, we'll never have the same. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't, we didn't start the still, those are still magic. You know, those are still on the TV. We don't really know. How they made those? <laughs> yeah, I guess we sort of, sort of. Well, we well, sort we do, of do. We have a slightly like, different but, system. But. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Steven, we have the whole inside access now, so it's right. It's we, not as magical as something that just comes, you know. Right. That's the kid. sausage we ate. Yeah. <laughs> this is the sausage we made. <laughs> so you talk about Powerpuff, Dexter. What what other shows were there that were big for you? Oh my gosh! Just on Cartoon Network. Well, mm-hmm. Samurai Jack yeah. was revelatory, mm-hmm. and I loved Dexter, so seeing Samurai Jack and just seeing that someone could get that ambitious and do something so mm-hmm. artful and cinematic was exciting. Uh, actually, <laughs> uh, the, uh, Gendy's Clone Wars cartoons were a huge mm-hmm. deal for me. That was one of the first things I asked I, as I worked with him on Hotel Transylvania. I was like, who did the scene where they pull the screws out of one droid and they kill another droid with the screws <laughs> with the force? I think this just came up last week. I know, I was bringing it up because, yeah, it, um, it was like a mix of Gendy and Brian Andrews the, who's boarding yeah. this sequence. I loved that sequence. There's this, like, ship with this huge, uh, like, stomping thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the just, Mace Windu episode. Um, yeah, just yeah. making this pulse through it of just, like, slamming into the ground. It's just so cool. It had this rhythm... <laughs> and then there's the Coke commercial at the end. I don't, I don't know if I remember. There's like the little boy who's like watching the whole thing. Right. And then Mace Windu like leaps up onto the hill after it explodes. And <laughs> oh, then the boy hands mean. him his canteen. By, right, right, right. Oh and, my gosh. And Mace Windu. I really love it. I used to have a hat like that in college that I wore. <laughs> and everyone. Because like, of Clone No, Wars? no, no, no. I had no idea. It was I because watched of Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, and then Henry, like, Joe, you look That's just awesome. like this guy. <laughs> I remember kid. that was my babysitting secret weapon. Is I had a DVD of those of Gendy's Clone Wars cartoons, and whenever I had to go babysit, I would bring it, and we would just watch them. 
and I was the cool I was <laughs> the cool right. babysitter. That would work on me now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, didn't you talk to Gendy like when you were getting the show together, like the pitch together? Yes, he gave me a lot of advice and he also directed the pilot. Mm-hmm. So this would be a very different thing without his input. Um, yeah. And I still, like, he's here now, so <laughs> I see him. He And he helped, he did an intro for the art book. I'm very lucky to have his Ooh, explain help. explain directed directed he uh he well he did the exposure sheets which means it, it, how everything moves was was literally written by hand on a gigantic chart you know the actions between each thing that people say the way that amethyst whip you know gets pulled out of her gem and then snaps to the ground exactly down to the 24th of a second timing of that was was dictated literally by gendy on giant charts of paper yeah i've actually been told in a media training workshop to never talk about exposure sheets <laughs> uh, because there's they're so dry well well so this person was like you know don't, don't talk about the technical stuff <laughs> that's what we're all about that's what we're all about here yeah um, that's what it is i just wanted to mm-hmm. clarify just you said Jenny directed i didn't want it to make it sound like he directed the episode in like a directorial right he was the animation like, director yeah, of and like the, the film pilot. director understanding yeah. of no directing. yeah 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 yes rebecca boarded it and I, I wrote did. it and everything yeah. yes i also that's true <laughs> <laughs> i had something to do with it too <laughs> so where did you guys like start from joe you didn't start at cartoon network right Mm-mm. where were you another studio mm-hmm. a studio okay <laughs> and they who and... will not be named uh, i was working for disney disney t- uh disney tv before uh, Steven Universe. And then Kat, you were on you were on I regular, was on regular show. show. Yes. Nice. And Rebecca, you were on Adventure Time? I was on Adventure Time. That was my first job in animation. Yeah, so like you were mostly like storyboard artist, right? Is that was that Rebecca started as a revisionist. Oh, yes, yeah. I started as a revisionist. Did you always want to like come make your own show? Like Yeah, well that was my dream i did not think it was an attainable dream i especially as a kid from the east coast that was i I didn't know i would end up moving out to california i I thought that i would be doing a job like revisions and then i would be doing independent comics on the side and that would be how i was sort of telling the stories that i wanted to tell i didn't i didn't think that when i started writing and boarding for adventure time that i'd be able to express myself in such a direct and personal way, like the way I did through my independent comics, through an animated television show that went around the world, that didn't seem like a possibility to me until I ended up working on that show. And, and that was something that Penn really wanted me to do. Once I realized that that was possible, everything changed, but I'd always dreamed of having a show. I also always dreamed that Rebecca would have a show. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Uh, What? Yeah, I remember I would read Rebecca's comics online before we met in college. And one day I was at mm, the college studio and I saw that her ID was in the folder to say that she had like checked out a light disc. And I was like, oh, Rebecca Sugar's here. And I went to go meet her. And I remember she was doing this match action uh, where like a character was like showing watches and then getting punched. Do you remember Oh, that? it was for the goon. Yeah, I was yeah. doing. A, oh, my gosh. I was just like, hi, you're Rebecca Sugar. And you were like. Yeah. <laughs> that is it's still, I still have a really hard time believing it. I used to see, uh, I would sit in on figure drawing classes and I used to see Kat across the room. Kat was upperclassman. 
Um, so so we, we didn't have classes together yet. And I remember I would see you across the room. And I was like, man, she's, she looks really cool. <laughs> and this is where I saw your drawings. And, but then I remember like walking around sort of inconspicuously once just to see your drawings and being like, as, oh as man. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, her drawings are really good. <laughs> very this person is. I have a hard time uh, believing that. The total package. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, That's yeah. And crazy. then we ended up, um, when I moved out to work on Adventure Time, I moved in with Kat. Mm-hmm. Because Kat was already out here working on regular show, and we would hang out and watch anime together. Yeah. It was basically you say, a like, fantasy. You got the heaviest you ever got because we were like eating ice cream, <laughs> watching, watching anime. anime. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't usually. I, I actually I don't usually have a lot of like sweet stuff. But when we were living yeah, together, I really, I really bring a person down. You got you got me into it. Oh man, you were really you were really sick at the time. Uh, yeah, I was, I was so worried. <laughs> I had just had a horrible cough that wouldn't go away and I wouldn't go to the doctor because we didn't have a car. Right. And so I would just wake up every morning on the air mattress I was sleeping on. He would oh, make me no. tea. Yeah. <laughs> One time we walked really far to go to an art store. That's right. <laughs> I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> it's really scary because we were both coming from New York where everything was walkable. And so, yeah, we looked at a map and we're like, yeah, this is like so reasonable. Yeah, it's like two miles away. And, but it's like these like underpasses where like no human has ever There's, like, no walked on walk. foot. It's yeah, it's like, hot out there too. Like, you guys it was night. That was... Oh, okay. <laughs> at the Empire Center. Oh my God. <laughs> we just, uh, we looked at a map we're like, that's you not far away. <laughs> We did. You have to cross train and then tracks. We didn't yeah. buy anything because we wanted to get ink in a sketchbook, and I think it wasn't good. I don't think like, they had no. the right kind. Yes, after all that. Also, I think it was freaking out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just because it was. It got dark. And, yeah. Well, whatever. What this? This got weird. It's, <laughs> how do we? How do we get to it's this? It's really cool that that you that like that's the crew that you put together. Like after all of these things, you know, like that I, from the dead crew. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we. We got Joe. Your storyboard test was like in. It was like in an envelope. It was it was on paper. I forget. Yeah, it was on paper. It was on paper. Yeah. And early on, we were sort of like, "How are we going to find people who like are on the wavelength of what we're trying to do?" And that was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like here it is. Yeah, we had a yes, no, <laughs> and a maybe folder, uh-huh. and Joe went like a heck yes folder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Don't let him get away. Another category. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really <laughs> exciting. Yeah. I didn't really know you guys at all. Yeah. And you before. were in a totally different track. Yeah. Other school, other other coast. We hadn't met before my first day. Wow. Is that true? That's right. crazy. I met Jeff, mm-hmm. but yeah, but I hadn't met you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I hadn't even seen the pilot animated. Really? Until that day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a fun first day. That was, <laughs> that was a really fun first day because I'd only seen the animatic and then I saw the pilot. And then you showed me the sketchbook with all the fusions in it. Oh. And then you told me about plans. And it was like, wow, okay, this was a good decision. <laughs> I'm really glad plan. I yeah. took this job. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. What was that six That's years almost ago? almost six years ago, oh. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so I, I want to talk to you guys about the Save the Light game and what it was like making that with Grumpy Face Studios. It's out on the Nintendo Switch now, which I'm super excited about. So let's get into the video game collaboration coming up. All right, I'm still here with Kat, Joe, and Rebecca. So let's talk about games for a second. 
Nintendo games in particular have a big influence on the series. We've talked about this before, right? Yes, absolutely. What's Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, he's a Sega man, isn't he? No, no, no. Oh, I I never had any of them growing up, so... Really? Yeah, so well, I mean, I, I loved Sonic, but... <laughs> you came to them as an adult? No, 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 I mean... My friends had them. I never had oh, my own system growing interesting. up. Yeah, oh so I was gosh. go. I would go play my friend Sega or my friends in '64. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It was all cool. Like it was all cool. There wasn't one. Yeah, that's how I was. But there, Sonic was like, I mean, I we were a Nintendo household, so Sonic was the thing <laughs> I played. You know, at the house of a cool friend, yeah. where I would be like, oh, this is <laughs> this is important and special, but I didn't have it in my in my particular home. Yeah, it was also a Nintendo household. Yeah. Same. Firmly. So Save the Light, the Steven Universe game, how involved were you guys in that? We were, we were very involved in that game. Yeah, we were. We really tried to tie it into canon, um, link it up to episodes. Hess and I appears in the show in a very abstract way. Mm-hmm. So we tried to carry that through. And little things, I, I was really involved even down to the sort of wording of, of a lot of the dialogue. And they would pitch us things like they pitched us square dot so some things i think tonally are <laughs> tonally are a little different than things that that we would do but i still like them i mean I, that's how we are on the show like pe- it's very collaborative so mm-hmm. there's definitely a vibe a grumpy face vibe that i love that only no, stuff that only they mm-hmm, pitch mm-hmm. but we like to shop on and kind of bring it into our wheelhouse a little bit i think we, we talked about square dot saying pebble instead of clod. I like the thought that all, um, <laughs> you know, paradox are maybe inclined to be insulting, a little insulting, but yeah, but it's not always the same one. There's like other, there are multiple very rude things within <laughs> that you can say about someone within usually size or form gem, gem culture. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. We were very, very involved. I was involved with casting for Hessenite and gameplay. We got to test a lot of the earlier, versions joe you drew all those fusions mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah because we had to translate them into so ian had sort of established this style yeah this mm-hmm. like chibi style yeah, i was just following him lineless style and then joe kind of took that on to all the fusions and we talked about all their attacks fusion was yeah. the thing we were the most excited about because we really wanted to be able that wasn't in the the phone game the mm-hmm. original game mm-hmm. um and we really wanted to explore fusions and relationships and there's a, like a relationship meter so that the more mm-hmm. that you help someone the more capable you are of combining with them and then uh one of the things the thing i love the most about the game and this is sort of true of the of the older one too but i love that when you're playing as steven and he's healing and he's defense if you don't heal yourself as steven and then steven dies it becomes really hard to win. I think it's like a really beautiful metaphor <laughs> that, you know, it's really important that Steven heals the characters and you really need him because you need to be able to heal everyone. But if you don't heal yourself and you lose that, then everybody suffers. Everybody suffers. And I really think that's true. You've got to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. Yeah. I loved playing those demos that they brought us. Those That was oh, really, yeah. really, really exciting. cool. Seeing mm-hmm. Beach City in 3D. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. I think since the beginning of the show, we've been putting out feelers, just like, please, someone make a game out yeah. of our show. Like ever since, uh, what was it, the mini golf game? Oh, that I put yeah. In. yeah. The Golf Quest. Yeah. Golf Quest mini. There was a fan working on a version of that for a while. They were going to make 
Right? Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. Oh, yeah. That's um, exciting. But, yeah. Wherever you are, keep working yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we were excited. We're all, um, we're all steeped in that RPG language, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's save the light the team oh getting greg on the team that was like oh the first yeah. thing we talked about was like we need greg greg's a bard yeah greg. uh, i remember talking a lot about what everyone's class would be like yes, yes greg is the bard fun. i think yeah. i was just coming off of bravely second i was like i love classes let's talk classes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was so exciting that's right i wrote up that sheet of all everyone's like combo attacks mm-hmm. i was trying to come up with it was like one with Greg driving the van into people. I don't know if that's in the game. But yes, I believe that's, in, that's the in the game. Yeah, the um, yeah, I I will confess I haven't beaten it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Someday when I get to come up for air, I'm gonna play <laughs> our game. I've got I've gotten a little ways into it, but the multiple endings was something I really wanted. I had wanted that so, so early on when we did the first one. I had this pitch. We couldn't do it for the phone game. We should have done it. This is my favorite. Oh, so yeah, do it. Um, okay, okay. So the so the first game, it's like. They find this prism, and it's like, whatever you do, Garnet is like, don't take the prism into the light, or it'll activate it, right? And what I really want to do is have an option at the top where you could either walk it over into the light, and then the game starts, uh, because the prism comes to life, it attacks everything. Or the other option would be you just hand it to Garnet, because she tells you to. <laughs> and and I was like, it, we should have the option where if you just do what Garnet says and you hand it to her, you beat the game 100% over credits roll you win you 100 percent win you just <laughs> do what she says and then nothing goes wrong and you win the game completely and then but then if you actually activate the prism it would be really really difficult to 100 percent the game because you'd have to get absolutely everything right um anyway that didn't work out because it's just the mechanics of the phone but i was really excited for the second one that we could do multiple endings uh that we could have a little more like more options sort of in that vein um sorry we were talking about Square Dot? Square Dot. Yeah. I was, you know, big Square Dot fan. Was there anything else that Grumpy Face did that was, like, off the wall that surprised you or anything like that? I mean, it was always a back and forth. I think, you know, Square Dot was a surprise as an initial pitch. But then the fun part was uh, kind of talking about the way that Square Dot would have a contentious relationship with our Peridot because our Peridot has arced and Square Dot has not. And the idea that... Our Peridot is like, feels enlightened, and this square dot is like not, uh, and what their argument would be. I remember doing a lot of shopping on the, just their back and forth, how the tone of it being like, they, they each think that the other is terrible in this very specific way. Yeah. Which is fun, and we hadn't, we hadn't gotten to have our Peridot in that mode in a long time. You know, it was really, it was like a slow journey trying to get her out of thinking like that, you know, so obviously it would be for this person too. But that was fun. Yeah. Like the, the pebble the, thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's, I really like that too. It just came out for the Switch too. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to come out in, in tandem with the, or it has come out in tandem with the OKKO OK game, which is also yeah. absolutely fantastic. I really recommend I it. play that. Really it's so Barbara, good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, it's really, really fun. It's very, very different to, you know, you're, you're fighting, you're brawling. It's not mm-hmm. an RPG in the same way, but it's so... And I, sometimes with fighting games, like, I get 
I'll get like a little tired or checked out of them, but not that. That one is so fun because the animations are so cool. Like when you're fighting Ernesto and he's like a big circle and you just like punch him and it just puts a big dent in his body. Like, <laughs> like it's so cartoony and it's so satisfying. And then when you win, you get to punch a pinata and all this stuff comes out and you collect all these. Oh, it's just really, really fun to play. So, hey, I recommend it a lot. Get them, get them both. On Switch. Yeah. <laughs> So something else I wanted to ask about is there's there's a lot of other Steven games and spinoffs, and I hear that you are a fan of the Steven Universe Monopoly game. Is that is that true? Well, I have a I have a story about it. I mean, yes, I think I think that was a really cool process. Uh, but there's something interesting about the Monopoly game that no one will ever remember. Uh, which is that we premiered the beta kindergarten in the Monopoly <laughs> game. Oh, that was yeah. the first time it appeared. We'd been working on it in the show, but that was, I was really excited because we were sort of building all the areas, you know, all the comparable uh, what utilities. And did, <laughs> did the Monopoly game come out before that episode? It did, and people did <laughs> notice it. Wow. I had no idea. Wow. That's great. They were like, what is this? Oh my gosh, that's where it, it premiered. See, if we didn't have this airing schedule, we wouldn't have these wonderful little nuggets I for think fans to find. We might have been boarding it even at the time that it was that old that it just the episode wasn't done, but the design um, for the beta no, kindergarten but, was done. But, but the, the color got in there right That's right the well version. yeah we had a we had a color bg i can't okay. even remember i can't remember the timing but i do know it hadn't aired yet and that <laughs> <laughs> was in the monopoly game for us yeah there were some powers this is also true of the um attack the light pearl shooting like uh laser beams out of her spear and yeah. amethyst spin dash those things appeared in the game we'd already drawn them lamar came up with those moves for oh my gosh watermelon steven watermelon steven yeah. yes yeah. and it, they had not aired yet. They premiered. Those moves premiered in the game. But we knew that they could do that. So that's actually where they happened first. Yeah, there's something uh, wonderful about the way that time washes over everything and <laughs> flattens it out. But I love, the <laughs> I love the fact that we were able to put these things out in the world as, as these like strange, mysterious Easter eggs, Easter <laughs> eggs, before the, actual, uh, before the actual episodes even aired. That's awesome. And and something else that I really want to talk to you about is working with Takafumi Hori on the episode Mindful Education. So let's hear about how that collaboration came together and what it took to actually get that episode made. All right, I'm still here with Kat, Joe, and Rebecca. Uh, so let's talk about, like, crossovers and stuff. We uh, Say Uncle was a big one, of course. That was back in season two. What was it like coming up with that idea and like merging those two very different shows? Oh, well, I mean, I was really excited because mm -hmm. Uncle Grandpa is someone who can, you know, cross dimensions in order to help children with their problems. And we had a child who had plenty of problems. And so it just felt like a very natural fit. Ultimate understanding. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like a natural fit. It was your idea, right? It was my idea. I, I wanted to do it. I remember talking to Pete about it in, at an airport. Huh. <laughs> That's where I first <laughs> pitched it to him. I think we were going, we, were, we must have been going to a con or something. Or it might have been when we were Is flying. Like to Atlanta or something? Korea? It could have been. It might have been when we were going to Korea. I'm not sure if that was at the same time. It was. I just remember being at an airport being like, hey, do you want to do this? <laughs> and he was down. We were sibling shows. We came out at the same time. Yeah. I knew Pete and... You know, I wanted 
Stephen to really be about a lot of people and characters who are wildly different from one another, coexisting and caring about each other. And to me, it seemed like a way to express that, to bring another character in that, you know, is is coming from a completely different angle and half and a completely different show. Mm-hmm. And the gems are, you know, not ready to handle such a different kind of cartoon. And Steven is like, hey, this is what I stand for. Like, maybe think about how being so mean to this person is a, a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And they have to confront that. I, I, I didn't like that Steven was being used to trash on other cartoons. That was really alarming to me. And so I wanted to make sure it was clear that we stood for very, very different styles and, and voices all being able to find a way to coexist, which isn't to say that it won't be messy right. or confusing or maybe mm-hmm. a, a little bit strange and, and challenging, uh, but that that's a challenge worth taking on. That's how I felt. That's why I wanted to do it. Joe, you wrote and boarded this episode. Yes. What are your specific thoughts on it? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I remember we went and pitched it with the Uncle Grandpa crew. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure how many of the crew actually knew our show. What, what was our show, but also that this was happening. <laughs> That's true. Because um, uh-huh. we were like over in their conference room and like Pete came in, then a bunch of other people came in, like their arms crossed, like, wait, what? What is, what is this? Uh-huh. That was a it's really like a surprise fun... party. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it was like the first pass we did on that. And that was it. Like that episode went so smoothly. Yeah. We just went straight through that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You did some really abstract jokes. Yes. The likes of which we would not normally no. get to do. No. Wait, were you the one who did uh, Uncle Grandpa coming out of the clamshell as Rose? Oh, my God. Yes. Well. Yes. That was me. Um, their heads popping off and circling Their heads the world. popping off. Yeah. The um, tripping over a letter. That was really. Oh, yeah. Oh. Why? Tripping why? Over a little why? That's such a joke. That's such and a joke. And then the plot hole. And, right. The plot yeah, hole. It was, yeah. It was a very. We had to get very quickly up to speed on. We had to get to Uncle Grandpa's speed <laughs> right. very quickly, me and Jeff. Um, but it, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do these like one-off gags with uh, Lars and Sadie's yeah. ship and uh, yeah. all of that. Oh, and Canon. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Messing with Canon. Oh, oh, people ask Steven's gem being polished twice a year. I haven't gotten to ask you this yet. Is that a reference to a she diamond really on purpose? Polishes twice. No, I think we came up with that in the room. Did, well, maybe I wonder who, because apparently that that's line. specifically di- a diamond. That I don't remember. Needs that, or that's been brought up as like a no, we, we, huge call forward. We did that. We did that in the room. Man, all right. Well, I'm going. That to might have, have been to, Matt. Ah, I'll that might have, have been ask, Matt. I yeah. have to ask Matt because obviously we knew that, but I don't remember who wrote that specific line, and I also didn't know that about diamonds, so I'm not going to take credit for that call forward. Is that a diamond thing? Is that like a you polish them twice a year? Apparently, something like that. <laughs> I've seen as people I've seen people try and find all the call forwards and that's been that's been one. And Was I keep meaning to, I keep meaning to ask you if you if you knew if you did that on purpose. Oh. To Steve Mean Diamond. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I don't think we I think it was just 
It's just coincidence. Just, just wash, luck. yeah, wash yeah. your jam. I don't know. <laughs> that wasn't wash that wasn't meant I don't know. as like, oh, this is something really yeah. nice. That, and it's, we're gonna see. I don't mind though, because that said, you know, we this is something we always knew about Steven, so yeah. it's a happy accident. Yeah. But it's not like yeah, me, uh, we would have done it if we had known that. Forward, we definitely would have. I gotta ask Matt now. So I also want to talk about some other like guest collaborators and stuff. Takafumi Hori on Mindful Education. How did that whole thing come about? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Wait, did he have a kind of a relationship with Jeff going like a, yes. like a pen pal sort of situation? Yeah. They were talking on Twitter and I think we're, were several people chatting with him. We all knew he was a fan because he would post fan art. Yeah, we saw his awesome. art. But Jeff was the one talking with him. Yeah, he was Jeff the one who sort of facilitated it at the beginning. Yes. And then I was going to take a trip to Japan. That's right. When everyone took trips to Japan. When everyone took trips to Japan. <laughs> it's a crew. Someone's always in Japan. <laughs> yeah. So the show, we've all been pretty much, well, I guess not all of us. I've been full-time working on this show since I think t- 2011, like nonstop. The only time off I've had was three weeks in 2015. And that's when I went to Japan and met with Trigger. It was completely amazing. I, Jeff was already chatting with them. I think he set it up because yeah. he'd been talking to them. So we met up. It was there were several of us. Efren was there. Jeff was there. Ian was there. We all went, and I thought we were just going to get to walk around the studio, or, or or just see it, or just meet him, or or something. I thought it would be small. But then when I actually got there, you know, we had a tour of the place, and then a bunch of us just went into a conference room and sat down, and we had a meeting, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting to happen. I guess I I had sort of hoped that it would happen because I one of the things I wanted to do was. I knew this episode was coming up and that it might be an opportunity to work with a guest animator. I really wanted to ask uh, Horisan if he would be interested. But then we ended up being in this meeting room with, I mean, with everybody. Yogi Sonari was there across the table. I mean, it was like people who I am such a huge fan of. And we were just like asking each other about our pipelines. You know, how how do you get this done? They were, they were doing their backgrounds on paper. I didn't know that. I saw them. They're beautiful, like watercolors uh our whole system is very different uh especially post-production this is where i'm, get, I'm getting into the i was taught <laughs> media, tra- media training don't talk about the technical stuff but it, it was it was amazing and then you know our whole storyboarding process is different um their storyboards are a lot looser and then they have animators in house so mm-hmm. we were talking about that uh how that works i mean it was just incredible and then at the end i started asking if it would be possible to work on an episode together that was the beginning mindful it must have been written at that point because or at least it was an outline yeah was it, at the very least it was a twinkle yeah because when it was being boarded we already had it was yeah, yes that, that, to go yeah so it must have been we must have had or it. we were just setting it yeah it must have the outline must have existed because i remember before we had the outline i had thought that that episode would be 11 minutes of steven staring at the camera teaching children how to mindfully meditate. <laughs> <laughs> then we could, I thought that that would be, I was like, can we just do this? And Ben and Matt are like, That's uh, just a PSA. <laughs> maybe we need something to like, yeah, engage kids, which I actually, that's one of my favorite stories about writing an episode because I love what we ultimately figured out, which was that in order to make this engaging, we had to create a scenario where you wanted to see the characters benefit from mindfulness, which I, really like it kind of reframed how I think about storytelling in general, because I really want to work a lot of these ideas in that I think could be helpful or I haven't seen before, but 
the idea that by taking characters you love and seeing this technique benefit them, that that's a way to craft a story around a concept that could be a helpful concept. I mean, I just really loved that idea. So we had that. We had that. Then we went <laughs> to Japan. Uh, and it was just incredible and so inspiring. Everything is really so different pipeline wise <laughs> the exciting pipeline <laughs> and then hori ended up requesting some scenes right like he was just gonna That's do the right. music video and he's like i want to do some of this action mm-hmm. yeah. he took on some of the action sequences yeah. oh so glad it's, it's so cool the nice thing about doing the song was that um it's locked to time before we are in animatic because we had the boards but we didn't have we weren't in animatic so the timing didn't exist but to do the action scenes we basically had to rough rough in basically i remember writing an email uh, about how long i thought each action scene would approximately take so it would be like we sent him the boards and i'm like this will be eight and a half seconds like i like i had a, i literally had a, i mean this is what animation mm-hmm. directors do but I, I had a stopwatch and i was just like staring at the boards click okay it's gonna take that long you're staring at the words click okay it's gonna take that long and so i sent an email that was like this is how long these action scenes are gonna be and then um he animated based That's on that so cool. yeah and so and just to be clear of like what uh horizon has, has done uh, on that episode and uh he, he's done key animation which is basically he takes the boards that in this case jeff and colin did and he cleans them up in sort of his, his style and, and the show style. Um, but then he also goes in and marks how the drawings are to be in between so that an in-betweener can come through and, and then finish out the animation. It's just, it's like one step of polish above where we get our boards to. Yeah. More, more keys. And he, and he did direction. He did. Yeah. He did sheets. Yeah. Let's spend the whole time. I, about sheets. I feel like we're talking about back. this, but do we also have to explain what a key frame is? What a key and frame what is. In between frames are. Okay. So oh a key God. frame is, uh, <laughs> get ready, children, pull up a chair. So let us tell you the tale. Um, you know, say a character is going to punch. You have like the, the fist reared back before the punch and you can have like the fist extended after the punch. That's a key extended that's a key i'm doing this gesture you can't see it because this is a podcast um the the in-betweens would be so fist pulled back is a keyframe fist extended that's a keyframe the in-betweens are the action they're the drawings that happen in between those two keys uh and so what through timing through animation direction you would say this in-between is going to be this close to the first drawing or this close to the final drawing and there'll be this many of them that's the direction part. The interesting thing about something like a punch is that you have to have very few in-betweens in order to make it look fast. What is your face? <laughs> is your Good, I like this. Uh, that's something I think, uh, this is a little animation school style. I think a lot of people early on, like when I was in, at animation college, you think something fast must mean more drawings. More drawings, more fast. Not true. Less drawings, more fast. Uh, if you take drawings out, then the emphasis is on like the final pose and the first pose, but it's very you move very quickly from one to the other because there's like maybe I would say for something like that, you'd want like two in-betweens and you'd want the first one to be pretty close to where you start because you'll feel like an acceleration is happening if it's like the fist is here and then maybe the fist is like maybe half a fist's length forward. <laughs> and then and then maybe a, the, the third one would be like a smear drawing where it's whipping through space really fast and maybe blurring a little bit and then boom, it's in its final position. If you really want to do something fun, you could have it go a little past its final position and then pull back a little bit into its final position. That'll give you the sense that it went so fast that it over, this is called an overshoot and a settle. It overshoots. 
so actually there was more to the story of working with Takumi Hori because he did animation direction. He uh, did exposure sheets for his sequences, uh, but none of the dialogue because dialogue yeah. is in English. Yeah. And so I flew out to Korea to Sunmin and we basically sat down with sheets that had all the dialogue on it and sheets that had all of the action on it which one was from Horisan and one was from slightly off track our track readers man I'm really I'm <laughs> going 100% it. here we go yes um and we had a, a sort of long sit down about how we wanted to preserve some of the limited animation some of the timing um even though the mouths would be moving like keep this drawing still like you don't, you don't have to add extra action in order to match how much is going on with the mouths like try and preserve as much as you can of the action and you you can see it in the final. You can tell that it's moving differently and beautifully. But just, that... just a shout out to Sunman. They were they, yes. they, they were the real heroes in this one. They had to they took Hori's drawings and and in between them, and then also these two versions of the sheets and putting the mouth movements over his drawings. Yes, and it all it all came back so so beautiful. It came back fantastic. Yeah, yeah they're Coloring incredible. It, compositing it. Yeah. yeah, inking everything by hand. Everything is inked on paper <laughs> with pens, with brush pens. Like they did beautiful inks on all of his keys. I mean, they're they're incredible. I just have one horror story, and then we can stop talking horror about story. the technicals of animation. <laughs> well, I want to I want to throw down the gauntlet. anybody anybody who listened to that explanation of animation, if you would like to animate a punch and put it online, I would oh, love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, was it? I hope it was comprehensible. It was clear to me, but. We went to school. Yeah, together. we went to four years of school to know how to do, yeah, that. And what's your horror story? My horror story is, that sounded like horror story, but that's horror. not what I'm saying. There are two sh- two really awesome action shots where Stevani is kicking butt against the hollow pearls. And I in-betweened both of them just for funsies. That's right. Yourself. And the real fun part was to look at the Japanese that. exposure sheets and sort of learn how their sheets work with the American sheets because right. they're different. I remember and you combing the, the sheets. the beautiful part is like I could, and well, this comes with like animation training, but like you could understand what was happening with his timing charts and the sheets. I, I understood it enough. It was like this universal animation language that crossed borders and... I was it was it was a lot of fun. All right, that's all the time we have, but thank you guys so much for coming on and talking to me. Yeah, no yeah, problem. No yeah. Problem. Thank you. The Steven Universe podcast is produced by Stacy Para, Charles Abadje, and Conrad Montgomery. Special thanks to Rob Sorcher, Cartoon Network Studios, The Crewniverse, and Turner Studios in Atlanta. You can listen to the Steven Universe podcast free on Spotify, Amazon and Google smart speakers, and of course, you can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review while you're there. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I'll see you next time.